Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hi there, everybody. This is Monica Reinagle, and you're listening to The Nutrition Diva, quick and dirty tips for eating well and feeling fabulous. I got an email from a listener a while back who wrote that she had been a big fan of the podcast until I mentioned canola oil as a healthy choice. Like olive oil, canola is high in monounsaturated fats, the healthiest kind of fat. But it's a better choice than olive oil when you want a neutral flavor. You can check out episode number 14 for the whole story. In some circles, however, canola oil has gotten a very bad reputation. It's said to be unnatural or even highly toxic. For this one listener anyway, my recommendation of canola was enough to convince her that she couldn't trust anything I said. So. Should canola be banned from the cupboard? So what's all this about canola oil being toxic? It's really a misunderstanding. Canola oil is made from a type of rapeseed, which is a plant in the cabbage family, and it's also related to turnips and mustard. That last relation may be the basis for the urban legend, which is, by the way, completely unfounded, that rapeseed oil was used to make poisonous mustard gas in World War I. It wasn't. In fact, Rapeseed oil was used for centuries as a cooking oil in Asia. In modern times, it fell out of favor as a food oil, especially here in the West. First, it has a bitter taste that most people find unpalatable. And secondly, it's naturally high in a monounsaturated fatty acid called erucic acid. And there were some early animal studies that raised concerns about the effects of consuming too much of this fatty acid. Still, like many other plant oils, rapeseed oil is used industrially as a lubricant, for example and more recently to make biodiesel fuel. And in fact, research has now largely put to rest most of the health concerns about erucic acid, or at least put them into perspective. But long before that happened, some Canadian growers solved the problem a different way. They simply bred a type of rapeseed that was low in erucic acid. In the process, they also reduced the bitter taste that made rapeseed oil unpalatable. The seed they bred produced a light, flavorless oil that was very high in the healthiest types of fats, the monounsaturated fats, and omega-3 fatty acids. The Canadian growers appeared to have a highly marketable product on their hands, in all ways but one. Low erucic rapeseed oil just didn't have that winning ring to it. So they coined and trademarked the term canola oil to identify this new cultivar or breed of rapeseed oil. Just how did these growers manage to produce rapeseed oil that was so low in erucic acid? Well, I guess you could say that canola oil was genetically modified, but I'm not talking about inserting genes from a fruit fly into a rapeseed plant. We'll get to that in a minute. The agricultural engineers that produced canola oil went about it the good old-fashioned way that we've been genetically modifying plants for hundreds of years. They selectively bred the plants to enhance certain desirable characteristics and suppress others. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Now, I've heard people say that they will not eat canola oil because it didn't exist 50 years ago. And that's true. But neither did Fuji apples or seedless watermelons. And they were both produced using the same methods that produced canola oil. If you feel comfortable eating these foods, then canola oil shouldn't present any special issues. However, long after canola oil was developed with selective breeding, a much different kind of genetic modification arrived on the scene. Bioengineering allows scientists to take individual genes from plants, viruses, bacteria, or other organisms, and splice them into another organism's genetic code. And this is what most people are worried about when they talk about genetically modified organisms, or GMOs, entering the food supply. Perhaps the most notorious example of genetically engineered foods are strains of corn, soy, and yes, canola, that have been modified to withstand certain herbicides and other agricultural chemicals. The agribusiness giant Monsanto, for example, has produced seeds that have been genetically modified to allow them to survive applications of Monsanto's weed killer, Roundup. These so-called Roundup-ready seeds allow farmers to gas the heck out of their fields without killing their crops. The Roundup kills everything else, of course, but not the crops. Farmers are now freed from their reliance on age-old practices such as crop rotation, intercropping, and good old-fashioned weeding, and yields have exploded. It's working out great for Monsanto, too. First, it allows them to do something rather extraordinary. It allows them to get a patent on a seed. Second, farmers who buy Roundup-ready seeds also have to buy Roundup because the seeds have only been engineered to withstand Monsanto's chemicals. Another brand might kill them. Like it or not, genetically engineered foods have become very common, which is a source of great controversy and concern. Some people worry that tampering with nature in this way is going to produce unforeseen consequences, and they may be right. No one knows exactly what form these consequences might take, But it certainly wouldn't be the first time that we humans interfered with natural processes and screwed them up big time. In the meantime, there are some very real consequences that are already unfolding, such as the gangster-like tactics that Monsanto and other agri-giants are using to force farmers to buy their seeds every year or be sued for patent infringement. I'm not kidding. I know it sounds like the plot of a John Grisham novel. If you're interested in learning more about Monsanto's tactics, there's a new documentary called Food, Inc. that you can check out in theaters. I'll also include some links in the show notes to more information about this. And in the interest of fairness, I'll include both sides of the story and you can draw your own conclusion. Unfortunately, unlike a Grisham novel, I'm not at all confident that the Matt Damon character is going to prevail in this particular plot. So I can certainly understand if you want to avoid plants that have been produced using genetic engineering. And you can still find canola and soy and corn products that specify that they are GMO-free. And buying these products is one small way to help ensure that genetically engineered crops aren't the only plants we have left 50 years from now. However, if you're worried about using canola oil on the basis of urban legends about mustard gas, you can relax. Canola oil, especially non-GMO canola oil, is a great healthy choice. Identifying GMO-free foods can be a little bit tricky because the terminology hasn't been well codified or regulated. I'll include some links to more information on how GMO legislation and labeling requirements are evolving here in the United States. You'll find those links along with a transcript of this episode at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. If you have a comment on today's show or a suggestion for a future show topic, post it on my Nutrition Diva Facebook page. 
Or you can also send me an email to nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com or leave me a voicemail at 206-203-1438. Have a great day and eat something good for me.